Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. I think it's so neat that you're able to join us through this medium, and it means so much to me personally to hear that this has been used to encourage so many of you. It has always been the posture of Genesis to tangibly extend the love of Jesus in various ways, both locally and across the world. We support programs that assist families in need, contribute to ongoing works and building projects in Mexico. We've built a latrine and cafeteria for St. Andre's School in Haiti, as well as are advancing a food program there that we hope will help feed the children for years to come. The money collected for all these endeavors could have paid for a facility of our own many times over, but instead, we've intentionally chosen to be a mobile community since we began. We now have before us an opportunity to invest in a building of our own. We're not doing this, however, without considering the works we're committed to or even the works we feel compelled to keep doing in the future. But we're asking, if you've benefited from this podcast or from anything that Genesis has done, would you consider partnering with us by donating to this work directly at www.thegenesisstory.com and click on the Building Fund tab. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Together, let's prepare for an amazing tomorrow. Thanks, and God bless. Well, this morning we are going to continue our series on questions. We are actually in part six. Who would have known there would be six questions? Um, There's actually more questions than that, but this is going to be talking really about uh, how we hear from the Lord. I mean, we've talked about in the past, we talked about politics, we talked about pain and suffering, we talked about the unknown things that are around us and having a God who is big enough to be able to deal with all these things that we don't know. We talked uh, the last time I spoke two weeks ago is on predestination, free will. And this week, we're going to talk about listening to the voice of God. Two of the questions that we received was, how can I recognize if the Holy Spirit is really speaking to me or not? How does the Holy Spirit guide us? How do we look for him at work in our lives? So this morning, I'm going to talk about gambling, bullets and rivers, crash landings, and ivy needles. Years ago, when I was working at the Anaheim Convention Center, I would run some airlines, compressed air, to some of the exhibitors that were down below. And we would all meet, this kind of plumbing company would meet in this one landing, and we'd have lunch, and we'd have all our schematics of what needs to go where. When I would work there, we'd always get these guys who were gambling. It would normally be in football season, and so the games would be going on, and we'd work the weekend. And so I'd always hear these guys saying, okay, yeah, put me down for $200 on Green Bay, and I want a four-point spread or something like that. I'm not a gambling lingoist, you know, so I don't know. But I just would hear these guys dropping money down on these games. And then, you know, they'd all be coming, what's the score? What's the score? They'd come back to hear the score of the game. And if the score wasn't right, they would lose their money. And I'd inevitably hear someone say, well, how does it feel to work for free? You know, because they lost the whole day's pay on a game. You know, I had a family at home. I couldn't afford that. It's like, I, if I lost that money, I couldn't go home. You know, it, it just wouldn't work out well. And so... This idea of gambling, and they would always want to have some kind of in. 
They would gamble on horses. They would gamble on everything. And if they could get some kind of in the know, well, this person has researched and he found that this horse is going to place fourth, whatever that means, you know. And so they would give some kind of information. They'd put their money down. And every now and then they'd win, but most often it wasn't that way. And I think sometimes when we think about, you know, how can I hear the voice of God and know what the Spirit's leading in, is leading in, it's much like we want a bookie to set us up on what's the inside. How can I know that God is going to do something? How can I know that God is going to help me not make a mistake? Right? Has anyone ever felt like they heard from God and it didn't happen the way they thought? No one. You guys, I'm going to go to you for prayer then. I mean, how many times have I thought, oh, I know that these people are going to get together and they didn't, right? Or I know that this is going to happen and get that promotion and it didn't happen. I feel like the Lord spoke to me and said this and it didn't happen. And so I feel like a lot of times we just want to be alleviated of that kind of issue. I want to be able to know and not have to worry. Amen. (laughs) Bad news for you this morning. I don't think it works that way. And I want to look at a couple of passages in Scripture to maybe get a clearer understanding of how it does work when God speaks to us and how that guarantee that we want isn't always going to be there. The first place takes place in Acts chapter 16. In Acts chapter 16, in verse 6, we see that Paul is on one of his missionary journeys, and Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Paul was kept from preaching the word in the province of Asia. What happened? Why? Didn't God want them to go to Asia? Well, they ended up going to Asia. In chapter 19, Paul goes to Ephesus, and Ephesus is a huge part to reaching all of Asia. And so why didn't they get to go there? And It seems to be they were headed there. But for some reason, they couldn't go there. In fact, if you jump backwards in chapter 14, verses 26 through 28, it says, from Italia, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church together, reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. So the previous chapter, the door has been opened to the Gentiles. Chapter 15, the Holy Spirit closes the door. Chapter 19, the door must be back open because there he is. What happened? I don't know. It could be a number of things. What happens in our lives? What happens when you're headed to, you know, Napa to be with family and then the car breaks down? Well, I don't go to Napa. A lot of times the things that they would write where the Holy Spirit 
kept them from doing something is because events happened that just stopped the progress and they saw it as God intervening and being a part of that progress. Okay, the door is closed because they're supposed to take the gospel to the whole world. That was their commission. God has opened the door to take the gospel to the Gentiles. So they're on their way to Asia, but something happened and the Spirit kept them from going there. I would read this passage and I would think they would hear God say, Paul, don't go to Asia. Oh, okay, just got it. Turn left. Because that's what I want. I want to know when to turn left, when to stop, when to put the pedal to the metal and go for it. I want to know all the details and God just tells them go and all of a sudden things happen. They say, oh, the spirit kept us. So we went here instead. And I think it's important to recognize that as these things happen, they went with the flow of what was happening because they had a big picture in mind. And the small interruptions did not stop the progress of what they're supposed to be doing, which is take the gospel to the whole world. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, Now, when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened the door for me, He went there and then found that the Lord opened the door. I want the door to be open and then I walk through it. But Paul goes there and finds now, how did the door open? They were receptive to the gospel. Things started happening in their lives. A few weeks back, I spoke about the different ways that we view God, how there is the idea of a super being. God is just like us, but a lot bigger. There's a hyper being. God is much more. There's ground of being where everything is coming up from this creator. And there's events where God is in the event where he shows up in those kinds of things. I think many times we have this super being mentality when it comes to hearing from the voice of, hearing the voice of God, hearing from the Holy Spirit. We want to hear this super being talk to us like we would have our friends talk to us. And when we hear or read a passage that says the Holy Spirit stopped them or the Holy Spirit opened the door, I tend to think, maybe you don't, but maybe you do also, I tend to think that God is talking to him like when my wife says, I think we should go and do this. God says, oh, I think you should go there. But we start to see that there are doors that are open, there are doors that are closed, and then there are doors that reopen. And God may have told Paul, I want you to go to Asia, impressed it on his heart that this is where the gospel needs to go. And as he was heading there, events come somewhere else and he went somewhere else. He said the Holy Spirit prevented us, but it didn't stop him from still pursuing the things that he felt God wanted him to do. And so there is this recognition that God is at work and God is moving but it's not always as direct a path as we would like. I think sometimes we would like to be a bullet that God puts in a gun and shoots at a bullseye. And that's where it goes because there's no chance for God to miss. It's gonna hit the bullseye and that's where we want. But many times the will of God is more like a river. And when you get in the river, you're kind of under its current. And the current can take you to the left, it can take you to the right, it can slow down, depends on how much water is there, depends on so many elements. 
And we're living in a world that is a current that influences all these things, but it's still going where it needs to go. We talked about how God is in the process of restoring all things to himself, all creation to himself. And what we want to do is be a part of that work, but how that takes place is not always as clear as we would like. In fact, sometimes there's a lot of difficulties that take place in getting there. Paul, when he had been impressed by God and seen the response by the Gentiles to the gospel message, was prompted to continue moving this. And so in chapter 15, he goes to Jerusalem, to the council, to tell them, we have seen God work in the Gentiles just like he did to the Jewish people We need to go there and take this message of who Jesus is to the rest of the world. At that time, it had been confined to a local area, to the Israelites in Jerusalem, but that was not God's intention. But you see, Paul had to go and present this to the elders in Jerusalem. And in chapter 15 of Acts Verse 22, we see the apostles and the elders with the whole church decided to choose some of their own men and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They chose Judas called Barsabbas and Silas, men who were leaders among the believers. With them, they sent the following letter. So they saying, okay, God is going to take this gospel message to the Gentiles. We're gonna send this letter along with them. He says, The apostles and the elders, your brothers, to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia, greetings. We have heard that some went out from us without our authorization and disturbed you, troubling your minds by what they said. So we all agreed to choose some men and send them to you with our dear friends Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, We are sending Judas and Silas to confirm by word of mouth what we are writing. Notice this. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Think about that a second. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Wouldn't it be if it seemed good to the Holy Spirit, it's automatically good to us? Doesn't it seem like we're trying to figure this out here? It seemed good to us. These are the leaders of the movement. Seems to me like God's doing this, so it seems like a good thing to me too. That's really what's happening here. There is no bullet hitting a bullseye here. There is like, looks like God's doing this. We're kind of flowing with what God's doing here. Oh, look at the Gentiles. There is even, yeah, let's go this way then. There is a movement that's taking place, and instead of them trying to control the movement, they want to be a part of it. So it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following. So this is a whole new territory. You're not going to follow the Jewish traditions. You're not going to follow all the Jewish laws. They're not going to apply to you. But we want you to follow these things because it seems like a good idea. Here's the two things. I wonder what two things you would pick out. What would be the two things you would say, God wants you to do these two things? God wants you to be acquainted with our Old Testament scriptures. Would that be one of them, maybe? 
I don't know. I just throw that out there. I don't know what they would be. Here's their two things. You are to abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood and from meat, strangled animals and sexual immorality. Okay, I can get the sexual immorality, right? That's not a good thing, but the food strangled and the blood. See, these are two forms of idolatrous worship, actually, even the sexual immorality. It's a part of an idolatrous worship. You will do well to avoid these things. Farewell. Ta-ta. There you go. Off with you now. There is so much room here. Why? Because God is moving. And instead of us hearing a voice that says, do this now. It's more of a leading that we have to be inclined to. And you see, it takes time to develop the ability to hear. Jesus said in John 16, verse 12, I have much more to say to you, much more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Now we hear that what is yet to come and we want to know who's going to win that race in the fourth but he's going to guide you in all truth. And I think when he talks about he is going to tell you what is yet to come is that he's actually going to reveal to you what the kingdom of God is going to look like as you start proclaiming this message to the world. Because it changed here in Acts chapter 15. The message didn't change, but the direction did. It shifted. The spirit of God led them and now... He's showing them what's going to happen. This message is now going to spread to a whole nother area. But you see, we have to practice listening. And that's not just with our relationship with God. That's with our relationship with each other. Listening is extracting from something. It's extracting from words, extracting from a visual sight that you see. You can extract something from an expression, Right, Your wife looks at you and you extract, you're listening. You're saying, okay, stop talking now. You, know, you, you extract that kind of information from the situation. That's what listening is. It's extracting. And so when we're going to be listening to God, we have to be extracting something. But for us to be able to extract from that, we have to be able to be tuned towards that direction. You know, they made a movie called Sully and... and Captain Chelsea Sullenberger, he was a U.S. Airways pilot and he successfully and miraculously landed a U.S. Airbus A320. And you guys may have seen the movie. I haven't seen it. Don't tell me how it ends. No, I know. But, you know, the, the plane had to make a crash landing on the Hudson River because it hit a flock of Canadian geese. And what happened is he could not do anything but react to what he had already learned. It was 30 years of training that made that moment a possibility. It was 30 years of knowing what to do if the plane did what not, how to react that enabled him to be able to make that landing successfully where all those people survived. If it wasn't for that training, 
and you or I were in that cockpit, which would have been a mistake in the first place, right? It would have been a disaster and everyone would have died. But that preparation led to that success. And I think the same thing is true in our lives. If we are going to hear from God, there has to be a preparation of our hearts to the things of God. We have to be desiring to know and spending that time with God. You see, many times I want to know what the will of God is when the crisis hits. When I have to decide what I'm going to do because of a job change. Now I need to hear from God. Well, what's happened the past few years? Were you training to be able to hear God so when this moment happened, his voice, you could extract it? from the situation and from the life that you were then. If you think that you already know what God has to say, then you're going to have a hard time hearing if he's telling you to do anything different than what you already think. And a lot of times we go through life and we put it on autopilot and we think, okay, I'm going to church, I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, which are all good things. But God is speaking in so many more ways and so many more issues. One of the things that we have to do is actually stop our own voice from telling us what God is doing so that we can actually hear his voice that might be directing us in a different way. The other day I was watching my son and interacting with him and I was thinking he's doing some things wrong. I know, parents, we do that, right? No, you should do this this way. And I just felt like he wasn't putting enough time in the situation. He wasn't being patient enough. He he wasn't doing things the right way. And all of a sudden, this revelation came to me. You know, he's doing things pretty much like how you did things. And I was like, oh, where did that voice come from? Because I don't think I'd tell myself that. And it was God, I believe, revealing to me, do you see yourself clearly? You're here trying to tell him how to do things, but look how you've done things. How do you need to change so that you don't continue in those things? You see, and and if I don't steal my voice from being critical to him, if I don't stop and wanting to take the speck out of his eye and notice the plank in my own, then I'm not going to hear the voice of God because I'm already focused on what my agenda is, what I want to do. And so sometimes to hear the voice of God is we need to silence our own voice, our own criticisms, our own judgments. We need to show mercy. Why? Because that's that's where God shows up. That's where God is at work. We need to show love. Why? Because God is love. And if we love, we are born of God and know God. And that's where his voice might be more clearly heard. You see, it's when we're in the stream of what God is doing that his voice starts to become more noticeable to us. And it starts to show up in different ways. They say we only retain 25% of what we hear because we're not really listening. And if that's true with one another, I know that's not true this morning. You guys are going to go away with at least 95, right? If that's true with each other, I wonder what's happening in our relationship with God. I wonder 
what the percentage is of God speaking and us actually hearing because we're not extracting it. And you see, we extract what God is saying to us through the scripture as we read it and it speaks to us. We, we extract what God says to us through times with one another. Last night at Connect, it was a pretty amazing time, not going to lie. It was pretty powerful. You know, it was a time of questions, and the first question was like, oh, my gosh, what's going on here? And it led to some deep but good conversation. And I think the voice of God was there as we were extracting that from one another. It extracts from the things around us. The psalmist says creation declares the glory of God. Firmaments speak. And so it's a matter of us listening. And sometimes it speaks to us in ways that are subtle if we're not paying attention. I want to read an update that Dave gave regarding Terry. He gave it this morning. It says, it was 1 a.m. and the nurse came to Terry's room to silence the IV monitor. Tonight, like many others, Terry's IV gave out and had to be changed. She's a hard stick and has challenged even the best pick line nurses. Terry's record is eight sticks. Ouch. Armed with this information, Lady Lynn, our RN, went straight to work. On her second attempt, she looked up and said, okay, pray, pray for me. Oh, I bet I did. Thank you, Jesus. God heard our prayers and guided her well-trained hands to success. The result Momentary pain for a strong, well-placed IV line. Without this small, threaded needle, pain painfully placed deep in a vein, life-giving medicine cannot be given. Likewise, God. Dave sees something here. He says, likewise, God speaks to each of us through life's events. These events change and shape the very fabric of our lives a cancer diagnosis, the death of a father at a young age, the loss of a job, the journey for new employment, your daughter moving far away from home, the sickness of your wife of 33 years, heartbreaking events. But God is always listening. He wants to connect with you, have a personal relationship with you, answer your prayer, minister comfort and healing in the big things and the little things for our life's journey. See, God spoke to Dave when he saw that needle go into his wife's arm. And even though it was painful, it's what she needed. And God is always speaking to us, and sometimes it happens in the painful events of our lives. It's when God's voice is loudest, but he's always speaking. It's amazing how when Difficulty happens when tragedy strikes, how an openness comes. When something hard hits us, it humbles us. And it opens us up to a way of life that maybe we should have had before we had to be humbled. But it took that humbling event to get us there. And sometimes hearing the voice of God happens in the moments of our lives. But we have to be extracting it. We have to be listening for it. It's not just a gamble that, God, give me the answer now. It's, God, I want to be close to you. I want to be conditioned to hear your voice so when you speak, I find myself in the flow of what you're doing. And if you stop me from going to Asia, I'll go to where I need to go, and then I'll get to where I need to be because I am going with your agenda as my life's purpose. 
And I don't know if that's the answer you wanted, but it's the best that I can give at this point. It's been my life experience. God hasn't given me black and white and emailed me the answers. So many times it happens in the events of life. It happens in a a scripture jumping out at me and speaking to a condition of my heart. It happens when God catches my judgmental attitude. It happens when I have to be humbled because of an event in my life. And I find that the loving, caring, compassionate voice of God is there to speak to me at that time of need. Let's pray. Father, we, I believe, all desire to hear your voice. And Lord, we want it to be clear. We want it to be direct. Lord, we want to avoid pain at all costs. We want to avoid being humbled or being wrong. But Lord, maybe our focus needs to be more concerned with being close than being right. And I pray you would help us all, Lord, to draw nearer to you before the events that are tragic happen so that your voice is loud and clear when those things do happen. And in this world, we will have tribulation. But we can be of good cheer, God. We can take courage, not because the events won't happen, but because you have overcome the world. And Lord, your river is flowing. Your spirit is moving. Father, may we listen so that we can find ourselves in the midst of where you are leading and flow with where you are taking us. I pray for Terry once again, Lord. Pray for Dave and pray for strength. Be with our dear sister, God. Thank you for the nurses, doctors, the tender people who are around them. Thank you for this walk Robbie and all she's doing to put this together. Father, I see your hands in all these areas. Lord, may it speak to our lives and how we can live for you. We do pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. That song was so perfect. And Randy picked that yesterday, I'm guessing, sometime had no idea what I was going to share this morning, but again, that is just the work of the Spirit flowing and making things happen. Talked to Randy, found out how he heard from God that that would be a great song to end. (laughs) May you extract the voice of God all around you. May your life be so close to His heart that when He breathes, you hear His breath. May you exhale the words he speaks into your life. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. Hope to see you next week. Baptism next week. Remember, God bless you guys. Have a great day. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.